0: Today is January 21st, and this is the 37th episode of the MMA Mike podcast. Jack, there's nothing like a Conor McGregor fight week. The King
1: is back. When was the last time we covered a Conor McGregor fight? It had to be the the one a year ago, right?
0: Yeah, it was uh, when he fought Habib. It had to have, I mean, we obviously talk about him a lot, um, and we've talked about maybe potential matchups for him and you know, when they announced the fight, we mentioned it. But uh, yeah, we haven't done a McGregor uh, fight podcast since uh, he was gonna fight Habib. I think it was no,
1: like the the Cerrone fight. Oh, that's right. I, My I, bad. Yeah, Cerrone. Cerrone. Yeah. You almost yes. forget that that was a year ago. Like, you, yeah. You forget that Connor was not you know, gone for a long time, like everybody thought, because everybody, again, was stuck in their homes during this pandemic, didn't really have much going on, and they had to rely on the UFC. A lot of, you know, sports fans out there in the world were relying on the UFC, and, you know, you had the big fights like Justin Geechee knocking off Tony Ferguson, uh, uh, um, Stipe Miocic versus uh, DC and Daniel Cormier. You you had big fights. Khabib announces his retirement, and we'll get into that a little bit later, because he did talk to Dana White uh, a few days ago. Uh, but, you know, you didn't see Conor McGregor because the world was moving so slow. He announced another retirement during that time, uh, makes his way back. He wanted to fight Poirier in a non-UFC event, a charity event. He agreed to fight Manny Pacquiao in, in a boxing ring as well. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff since then. But, again, it was less than 365 days ago they fought uh, Cowboy Cerrone uh, in, in, in Vegas. So, that, again, he's back now. He's facing Dustin Poirier for the second time. Uh, looking uh, to beat him now uh, for the second time. And, you know, it it, it is a big fight for the UFC, not the biggest we've seen over the last 12 months, but it's, again, very special when you see, you know, the quote-unquote, the notorious one in a a UFC octagon for sure.
0: Yeah, I can't believe I I (laughs) forgot about that fight uh, a year ago. Obviously, uh, a year ago you know, parallel uh, to pay-per-views, you know, the first pay-per-view of each year, he, you know, he's kicking it off. And I guess, you know, when you think back, since he hasn't fought in so long and you think of the big fights that he's been in, yes, against Cerrone, was big, but, you know, you obviously think of uh, the fight against Habib and obviously Habib being the champion in, in, in a lot of talks right now. And uh, Cowboy, you know, has kind of gone under the radar, but um, yeah, I mean, You uh, introduced that quite well uh, of how McGregor has gone about, you know, uh, you could say his off time since that fight with Cerrone, Um, you know, and a lot of that has to do with frustration. You know, I think he accepted all these fights and was calling for all these fights due to the UFC um, not having his not giving him activity you know and he recently has come out and addressed this and addressed why he retired for the fourth time i know you always talk about that and bring it up but um you know he recently has mentioned he did that out of frustration you know and and he was looking for all these fights and wanted that charity fight due to an activity he wants to be active he wants to compete Uh, you know, and like he said last year, he wanted to compete four times. He, you know, he wanted to have his season and, uh, you know, and he kind of then goes on to say, you know what, but it's all in the past. We're going to move forward. And obviously we have the fight with Dustin Poirier and McGregor. That's going to take place this weekend. And I think Connor from here on out plans to be active the rest of this year. And I think that it will happen, especially with Things going on with Habib and how the division is right now. I think there's lots of matchups for him. He keeps saying there's lots of matchups for me. And, uh, you know, he has four fights left on his contract. And I think that, well, I think he's going to chop off a lot of those this year, but he's saying he wants to almost fight out the rest of his contract this year. And um, if he picks up a quick win, you know, I could see them signing a new fight with him relatively soon um but then again you know you got to see what happens
1: well he wasn't even touched again by Cerrone 1 year ago you you could have made the case that it was going to be a big year for McGregor back in the octagon in 2020 before everything happened you know obviously not being able to fight in front of an actual crowd probably had a factor into that Connor wanted to lay low hang out with his kids um hang out with his wife you know do his thing while training uh, uh, in in the, the the shadows uh but again like he was, after the Mayweather fight, a lot of people thought like, okay, he really doesn't need this anymore. It just proves how passionate he is about uh, fighting, not only, in, you know, a UFC capacity, but in general. Like, this is what he was born to do. Uh, you look back when he was 16, 17, 18 years old training uh, in order to, again, provide for him and his girlfriend at the time in Dublin, Ireland. And then Dana White pulling him over into the States and making him the juggernaut that he is today. Again, the notorious Conor McGregor. And this fight with Dustin Poirier, not necessarily like a a huge fight, but it's being promoted as, you know, a huge pay-per-view. Because, again, Conor McGregor back in the octagon. And to your credit, you talked about it on the last uh, show that we did together last week, that Conor McGregor, this is going to be a big year for him if he wants it to be, you know. Like, if he goes untouched or at least unscathed in this fight against Dustin Poirier, you could be looking at a big year for him in in the lightweight division, Uh, not only as a champion, but getting to see dream bouts in the future, maybe against a Justin Gici or or someone else if Khabib, again, isn't really up for it and doesn't want to come back.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I I truly believe he wants to compete a lot this year, and I think he will as long as the UFC allows him to and gives him the opportunities You know, for example, what the problem was last year, I think that just with no crowd and and the mix-up of the division, how it was playing out, the UFC was hesitant to put him in there. And I think that's what you saw. And, uh, you know, now I think the time's right. I think he's ready. He wants to compete. And I think that's what we will see this year as long as, um, you know, everything works well. And, you know, you mentioned um, McGregor after – Mayweather and and you know the question of if he had a fight and you know a lot of uh media have been asking him you know what's your motivation going into this fight and he has you know come out and and answered this relatively the same every single time it's the love of the game for him and not only that you know and he went on to say you know people, what they remember about these fighters is not, you know, the belts and, you know, all these fights, it's it's the highlight reel. And he wants activity, he wants to continue fighting, and he wants to continue picking up wins and picking up knockouts and adding to his highlight reel. And I think that's what, you know, we're seeing, especially in this fight, not being a title bout. Um, obviously, there is stuff up in the air with Habib, but not being a title fight, I think he wants activity. He wants to prove that, you know, he's the one of the best um and he's going to do it against a good fighter in Dustin Poirier and I think he wants to show you know look I've been inactive but I've been working and I've been working hard and that's another thing you know a lot of people question okay they know Dustin Poirier has improved because they've seen him fight a lot more recently he's been very active and then you know the people who seem to be picking against McGregor or think McGregor is going to lose they seem to be thinking well He hasn't been active. How much has he improved? I think this guy really has been sharpening his tools in the dark. He's been doing a lot of work without people knowing it. And you got to remember, he also wants to compete in boxing. He is 100% sharpening his striking tools for that. Not only striking, I'm sure he's improving all over the place. Um, But I think people are underestimating Connor for not, you know, obviously he's not being active, but I think they definitely are underestimating him uh for not improving during this time as well.
1: Yeah. And to your credit, you know, Dustin Poirier is not Donald Cerrone. And again, Donald Cerrone, a great fighter in his own right, future Hall of Famer, maybe, you know, but he, his heart was not in it. And, and we've talked about this before in the past, you know, like, uh, and he showed it again in his fight after that, like his heart was just not in, it. there was something not there with him. And, and it showed in his very, very slim fight with Connor McGregor a year ago. Um, and Dustin Poirier is not going to be a walk in the park. Like we can talk like, okay, if Connor uh, beats the crap out of him in the first round, I wouldn't be shocked. But at the same time, you know, Dustin Poirier is no pushover. And I think we're going to see a very, very good fight on Saturday. Uh, Again, if you're a betting man, because again, like if you look at uh, their records and you see it up here on the, on the screen, 26 and six against 22 and four, when you look at the numbers, they're pretty even, but again, Conor McGregor just has that mystique about him. He's been in the big fights. He's, he's won these monumental fights. These fights that everybody will remember uh, belong after he's gone, you know, when Dustin Poirier, he's been around a long time, but he hasn't had that one defining moment yet in, uh, in the MMA, let alone the UFC.
0: Yeah. You know, Poirier has a lot of uh, great wins under his belt. And, you know, you mentioned, obviously he's not Donald Cerrone and and you saw what Conor did against a fighter like Donald Cerrone. And I definitely think there's a difference between him and Dustin Poirier, but we're going to see what Connor McGregor does to the Dustin Poiriers. Um, and you, and I honestly believe Dustin Poirier is, you know, top four of the lightweight division. Um, now you mentioned uh, how long this fight will go and Connor has come out and said since, you know, the first time they fought, Connor KO'd him within 90 seconds or right around 90 seconds. And he said this time he wants to come out and K- KO Dustin Poirier under 60 seconds. Now, I wanted to take, uh, see your opinion. You know, are you on the under or over of this sec- 60 second prediction?
1: Over. Uh, again, Dustin Poirier is a lot more evolved since the first time that these two fought. Again, he was a lot younger. Uh, Conor McGregor obviously is no joke. He is one of the top tier mixed martial artists in the world. And I can safely say that without, you know, expecting any criticism he is one of the best to ever you know step foot not only uh you know on the promotion side which he is one of the absolute best but actually in the octagon when it comes to fighting his technique is striking uh like you said it's going to be very difficult for Dustin Poirier he's not going to lose this fight in a minute or or a minute and a half you know uh this is going to be at least three rounds I give it at least three rounds uh this Saturday
0: wow that I You know, I I could see this fight going as long as the distance or as short as 60 seconds. Like you said, you know, it wouldn't surprise you, and it wouldn't surprise me if Conor clipped him early. Um, It wouldn't surprise me at all. But then again, 60 seconds is a pretty short time. Um, Before I dive into how I see this fight going and how I see both victory paths for each fighter, I'm curious to see your official prediction and how you see this fight going.
1: Again, I, I think Dustin Poirier's evolved. He, I, I don't think he's going to win. I think if Dustin Poirier wins, it's going to be a huge, um, a huge momentum turn uh, for the lightweight division because he is ranked number two. This puts him in the driver's seat, you know. Where uh, again, Conor McGregor coming in at number four. If he wins, like everybody expects him to, like just again the, on the promotional side, his name alone is going to get him to the top of the lightweight division and the lightweight title, at least on an interim basis. Uh, again, I, I expect it to go at least three rounds. I think Poirier's a lot more evolved. It's not going to go 60 seconds or 90 seconds. Again, it's not going to be like the Cerrone fight. It's not going to be like the first time that these two went at it. I think he's a lot more experienced now, and I think Connor's going to see that on Saturday. But, again, I do think Connor will uh, come out of this in some fashion, whether it's in at least three rounds or if it goes the distance, Connor will walk away with a win. By KO or by decision? If he had to pick. If I had to pick one, I'd, I'd choose KO. I think he'll wear okay. Dustin out. I I think he's, he, Conor McGregor has obviously made a career out of depicting, you know, uh, what his opponents do and, you know, the rhythms that they get into and, and the algorithm side of it. Uh, he can pick up on, you know, uh, some of their common instances. And I think he's going to do that with the Poirier early on.
0: Yeah, that that's definitely well said. And, um, You know, like you said, both fighters have improved, and they definitely have. Um, Now, I'll straight up tell you, I I think is going to win, but I will give you the pathway I think Dustin needs to take to win. Um, I do believe Dustin's going to need to grind this out, and he's going to need to be able to take some shots. If he can't take some shots, he's going to be in some trouble because he's going to get hit. It's just how it is. Um, and you saw that against his last fight in Dan Hooker. You know, he was able to take some shots. It was a little bit more of a brawl. Connor's not gonna quite brawl. Connor's gonna be able to hit him with some clean shots, I think. So it's gonna be a little tough. And he's probably going to need to be able to battle uh the adversity of getting knocked down as well. Um but if he could grind it out, kind of make it a little bit of a dirty boxing match, uh, maybe work in some ground game just chew off some clock, maybe control on top. I think he could grind it out and get a decision win. Um, you know, a lot of people bash on Connor's cardio, and I think that's a little bit of a um, – I, I think it's unfair to say because we've only really seen him gas twice. And one was when he fought Nate Diaz the first time, and he went up two weight classes, and that was that was, that was a last
1: minute uh, change too. You got to remember that. In fact, that out. as
0: well, that as well. Yeah, very good point. Last minute change, and he went up two weight classes. He was carrying a tremendous amount of weight that he's not used to, and second time. Well, you can make the argument a, a kind of three with the middle Nate Diaz fight again. He was weighing a hundred, and he was fighting at one hundred and seventy pounds, but. You know, when his cardio dipped down, he did kind of get a boost back up and finished off strong. So you make the argument, okay, did he gas? Did he not? Whatever. Third time was against the best best boxer of all time, and he gassed after 30 minutes of fighting.
1: Which is vintage Floyd Money Mayweather. That's his technique. Everybody knows it. And Conor was just a little too, again, pull-happy when it came to being in the boxing room for the first time. He tried to attack like, uh, like he knows how to in a UFC octagon, you know? And he thought he could put away Floyd early, but that's just not how it works. It's a completely different style, and, and Floyd knew exactly what he was doing there. Yeah.
0: And I think Connor with boxing will learn for the future and, and, um, you know, experience it's all about experiencing things. But then again, the point is, is, you know, the longest an MMA fight can go is 25 minutes, you know, five rounds of five minutes. So he was well past that Mark and got tired, you know, up until then he looked pretty good. Um, so I think, for people saying Connor's going to gas, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. This fight, even if it goes to the later rounds, Connor says, and he actually looks it as well, uh, that he's back down to a hundred and fifty-five pound frame. You know, he did look beefy against Donald Cerrone; he looked bigger. He doesn't look that big. He looks like he is the right size for one hundred and fifty-five pounds. And you know, you go back and you watch his fights at uh, featherweight when he was one hundred and forty-five pounds. He carried a phenomenal pace in his fights. Very fast moving, dominated the, the the octagon pace wise, and would fight at a high pace. He has a good cardio system. People just don't realize it because they've seen him dump his. You know, he's had a couple times where he's gassed. I don't think you're going to see it this time. I think he's going to be good. So, how I see this fight going. I think Conor's going to come out, and I do think he will dictate the pace of the fight, and he will control how the fight goes. You know, and like you were saying, he's an algorithm master. You know, he makes fighters do things the way he wants them to. He sets traps, he lays traps, and then he throws his strikes. Um, I don't think he's going to, I mean, he may be able to cut poirier early but i do think poirier is a warrior and and he has a little bit of a chin i think he's going to be able to carry himself outside of one round i do think he's going to get clipped a good amount and may be in very big danger at the end of round one and then i think you know in round two that's when he's going to start getting dropped i think connor is going to carry a high pace and push forward but also not overly attack if he hurts Dustin. I think it's going to look a little bit like Eddie Alvarez to the point where he's going to just keep knocking them down and letting them get back up until it's done, you know? Um, and I think that's what we will see. And as a Connor fan and what I hope for Connor is that he picks up a round three or round four KO, um, I don't really see it going into the championship round. So I, I do think it'll end in round two or round three. Uh, but I see Connor just, you know, and I I, Connor could face some adversity in this fight. I don't think it's not an, uh, a possibility, but I see him picking up a, uh, knockout in round three. And, and, you know, I think we're going to really see how he, he has evolved. And, uh, I think he wants to prove himself to be the best in the lightweight division and I do think he wants that rematch with Habib and I think he thinks that he is able to beat Habib so um I think we're going to see an evolved fighter both guys but especially in Conor McGregor and I will take him by round three
1: yeah I mean for all of those people that are worried about his cardio or lack of experience in recent memory I mean come on I mean the guy beat donald cerrone in 45 seconds after a year and a half off his last fight before that was when he lost to khabib in october of 2018 like that shouldn't even be a factor going into this fight against uh, diamond dustin fourier here uh, but again he, he, he's not donald cerrone he, his head is in the game he wanted this fight uh, i think both guys have a mutual respect for each other which makes this an even more interesting fight going in uh, it should be a lot of fun. And to your credit, um, will we see a Khabib Connor rematch down the road? I think Connor wants it. I don't think Khabib necessarily wants it. Because again, let's kind of jump into that before we get into uh, the Hooker fight. Is is Khabib coming back or no? Because Dana White has told the media after after their brief private meeting that he's leaning towards coming back. That if the opportunity was right, that he'd want to come back. But then Khabib dismissed all of those rumors.
0: Well, he didn't 100% dismiss them, but he he didn't really mention them, you know. And he was kind of – someone brought – one of the reporters brought up his mom and he said, you know, come on, guys, don't make me do something my mother doesn't want. And, uh, you know, he kind of acts when he's talked about it um, like he has no interest. You know, he does kind of say maybe, but he kind of leans towards no. Dana White obviously giving out the more optimistic approach about it. I think Dana White and – habib's manager are pushing him to fight again uh but i think you know his kind of i think he feels bad saying no so i think he kind of says maybe but he also doesn't want to hold up the division um and dana white being hopeful i think that's why dana is not stripping him of the belt connor does predict that after this fight and after a little time goes by and habib doesn't give a real answer he thinks that you know, Habib will be stripped for the, from the belt. And I think that's probably what will happen. I think Honor's right. And I think, um I do think we'll see Habib fight again. I just don't think anytime soon. You know, I think he's going to let things play out a little bit. And Habib doesn't need to be the champion to come back and fight someone and have a big fight. You know, he's kind of past that. He could do without the belt. Everyone knows what he is and how good he is. So... You know, I think uh, let the division play out. Let there be a champion. And if Habib wants to come back next year or at the end of this year, I think that Dana White will let it happen, you know. Um, So I think a little bit uh, on the part of Dana White is that he can kind of give the media something to talk about and maybe hype up this pay-per-view as well, you know, saying – Khabib will fight if something crazy happens. So I think it's just, it was a little bit of a unnecessary hype around this meeting between the two. I thought we were going to get something better. I would have rathered a black and white answer of yes or no, but uh, we didn't get it.
1: Well, here here's the article that's, that we're looking at from MMAfighting.com. It said that White told ESPN that Khabib is open to coming back for another fight if one of the lightweights at UFC 257 can quote-unquote do something special and he never really, uh, you know, confirmed that at all. And obviously, he's got to be talking about Conor or Dustin here. I, I don't think that he'd want to fight Michael Chandler or or Dan Hooker at this point, especially um, with both guys kind of, you know, not entirely uh, up the ranks. Like they're in the mix for sure. But when you look at uh, the star power of Conor McGregor and how close Dustin Poirier is to the top of the food chain you got to infer that it's either going to be Dustin Poirier or Conor McGregor if he wants to come back for that fight. And he said time in and time again that he's done with Conor McGregor. Been there, done that. Like He's proved to the entire world who the better fighter is. And it is Khabib, Khabib no, 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 no. See, sometimes I get it right, sometimes I don't. Today is not going to be one of those days, Mike. But Khabib said that he is done with Conor McGregor. And uh, I don't know, is Justin Poirier that interesting of a fight? Is he that enticing of a fight for Khabib? I don't think so. I think Justin Geachy was uh, the icing on the proverbial cake, in a sense, for for Khabib. You know, that was the next up-and-coming guy. Tony Ferguson had his chance. That's not going to happen at this point. I, I personally don't see Khabib coming back in any fashion anytime soon.
0: Yeah, not anytime soon. Um, The only two guys, I I mean, I don't think Habib really wants to have a rematch with anyone. The only two guys I could see him potentially wanting to fight is one, actually Michael Chandler. If Michael Chandler dominates Dan Hooker and maybe wins one more fight, maybe against the winner of Dustin Poirier or Conor McGregor, or uh, maybe even if he fights Dustin Gaethje and wins, I could see him then maybe wanting to fight Michael Chandler if he wins this fight and wins the next one. The only other guy I could see him wanting to fight is maybe Charles Oliveira. And if Charles Oliveira fights one more time and defeats one of these top guys, um, I then could could see Habib wanting to fight one of those two. Otherwise, I think Habib will be happily retired. Um, and really, I only see him doing that is if, you know, I, if it's one of those two guys. So. Honestly, I, I see Habib being retired until at least a year, till next year.
1: So, uh, Habib actually contradicted what uh, Dana White said again to the media. Because again, Dana White's a promoter; he's going to spin things. He's going to tell the media one thing to again kind of. Kind of lean Khabib one way, but this is what Khabib told Sports 24 via MMA Mania. He said, I have achieved almost everything in this sport, and there isn't someone I would like to fight right now. A lot of people don't want to understand my side. I don't see that yet. I train for myself. If we talk about all my business projects that are planned, fights are not in these plans. So, again, to your credit, maybe there's something down the road in a few years that interests him, that entices him to bring him back. But right now, Dana White's a liar in a sense, right? Like Dana White, he's saying as a promoter, and as he should, he's an excellent promoter. He's awesome at what he does. But Khabib literally came out of that meeting like, no, that's not what I said. You know, I don't want to fight anymore.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, Dana is just giving him time to decide and see if he wants to change his mind, and he's just playing it out. And I bet Khabib has told him maybe, but, um, you know, that's Khabib's maybe. I think Dana White's staying hopeful, and uh, I because I think if Habib straight up told him no, Dana would just strip him and 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 move on. Um, I think he's staying hopeful, and just taking it day by day. Um, you know, that's that's about it. Real quick before we hop into Hooker versus Chandler, the last thing I want to talk about uh, about Dustin Poirier actually is. There was, an, there was an interview with Poirier's coach, and now I talked about McGregor, uh, a lot of questions being asked towards him about his motivation, about his cardio, this, that. The biggest thing that people have been asking Dustin Poirier moving into this fight is, you know, his mindset in this fight, and the last time, you know, how Conor was in his head and how there was a lot of anger towards Conor and this and that, and that's kind of why he felt like, you know, he lost, and, um, you know, that's being asked a lot, and. Poirier says that you know in in this fight uh he doesn't quite care about what people say but you know this fight I've been doing a lot of body language watching and it seems like Poirier he's not carrying. I mean I think he's definitely carrying himself with more confidence than the last fight uh and just as a person but against Connor I feel like he's just not carrying as much confidence in his mannerisms and stuff and um and there was an interview with Fourier's coach and, and, uh, you know, someone asked the coach, you know, how are you guys going to, you know, do you see holes in Connor's game and, and is there anything you guys would like to exploit? And, uh, there really wasn't anything, uh, that they, he really didn't say anything about Connor that he wanted to exploit, you know, because there really isn't much. He kind of mentioned the cardio, but I think they're, they might lean too much on Connor gassing and, it might just not work out for them, you know. But we will see, and uh, I will let you move on from that main event. I point. mean,
1: uh, I, I again, it, Dustin Poirier's mindset, you know, like it's easier to talk to talk, but when you have to walk the walk and go toe to toe with Conor McGregor in that press conference, like you might be shaking in your boots a little bit. You might be a he little was shaking because, a little bit was, because yeah. you haven't seen this guy since he beat you in uh, nearly ninety seconds, you know, back when you were a young kid. So. Uh, there's probably a lot of nostalgia when it comes to yeah. that for Dustin Poirier. Maybe he's, uh, you know, like, shooken up by it, but he's like, all right, all right, we got to get back into the game plan here. This is a totally different me.
0: Still having that KO in his head as well, you know? That, it, this guy has KO'd me. It's he's a cycle of
1: warfare at this point for Dustin Poirier because he's been in the jungle with Connor McGregor before, and it was a complete nightmare for him. Now he's got to try and revenge that loss. But again, great, yeah, now- a great. Uh, a great co-main event you know this 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 fight right here between dan hooker and michael chandler mike um i am very intrigued by this because i'm a big fan of dan hooker like this could be his time to finally move up the ranks uh you know 20 wins coming into this fight but then on the other hand you have michael chandler who's looking to make a name for himself in the ufc after building such a great reputation for himself in bellator and outside of uh again ultimate fighting Championship
0: this fight is obviously big for both fighters. You know, Dan Hooker being the number six ranked fighter in the lightweight division for the UFC, this is definitely big for him to get a fight above, uh, well, a fight in the top five. Um, now for Chandler, obviously, if he wins, he's going to take Dan Hooker's spot at number six and push Dan Hooker down one. Now, Dan Hooker, you know, his past fight against Dustin Poirier obviously looked great in the first couple of rounds. Then, you know, uh, Poirier started, you know, turn it on a little bit and make a little bit of a comeback. You know, he was very close of stopping Poirier in round two. If he fought a little bit cleaner, he may have been able to win that round. So, you know, Dan Hooker striking is obviously very good. You know, he trains with Israel Adesanya. Um, He's an elite striker, you know, and his body frame is not the best to match up against for Michael Chandler. You know, he's, he's long, he's tall. Uh, he's got good takedown defense. He's got knees, elbows, great striking. Um, and for Michael Chandler, who is aggressive, comes forward, uh, does the Kane Velasquez style of fighting, you know, striking and then taking down and ground and pound and then back up, this and that. Um, it's a tough ma- matchup for Michael Chandler. And Michael Chandler has come out and openly said that this is the toughest matchup for himself uh, against Dan Hooker and reason being, um hooker style fighting and size so it's going to be a very interesting fight and i don't think that this fight will let people down i do think it's going to be a banger whether it's an early knockout or a war for three rounds i think we're going to be entertained
1: yeah there's going to be a lot of eyes on this pay-per-view just because conor mcgregor is back in the ufc but if you're a fight fan like us dan hooker versus michael chandler is an awesome co-main event like i was saying before and to your credit like we, we were talking about psychological warfare with Dustin Poirier a little bit earlier on. Same thing goes for Michael Chandler here. He's going to have a lot of eyes on him uh, on Saturday night. Uh, You know, Dana White, you know, bringing this guy over again, has built his reputation outside of the UFC octagon. And you're going up against Hangman Hooker here, who has built a name for himself uh, trying to finally climb to the top of the ladder, the top of the food chain in the UFC, and he could easily get knocked down a peg. Like you said, Michael Chandler will swoop in in his first fight and, and take that number six spot away from Dan Hooker. Uh, Hooker's got a lot to lose where Michael Chandler's playing with house money in this fight.
0: Yeah, like you said, Michael Chandler has a huge amount of pressure on him here, and it could affect him, or you know, he may rise to the occasion. Um I do think the key for Michael... Ch- I don't think he's going to go in there and outstrike Dan Hooker. I just can't see it happening. He does have power, but I think Dan's going to be able to be good enough on the outside, use his kicks, and kind of pick him to pieces a little bit. Um, but for Michael Chandler to win, I think he needs to be able to take down Dan Hooker and control him on the ground, and I think that's the pathway for him to win. Now, the question is, is... You know, I think Dan Hooker has good takedown defense. I think he's going to be able to defend a couple of them. How many we'll see. How many will Michael Chandler be able to successfully take down Dan Hooker? We will also see. But we, uh, the question mark a little bit is, can Dan Hooker get back to his feet after being taken down? If he can, he's going to be in good shape for the night. Um, but if Michael Chandler can hold him down, it could be a little rough.
1: Yeah, I, I can't give you, like, a clear prediction here because this might be the toughest, evenly matched fight that we've seen because, again, they've never gone at it. Both men have a lot to gain from this. I think Dan Hooker has a lot more to lose than Michael Chandler. Uh, but at the same time, I, I I think Michael Chandler is a little bit of a better striker than Dan Hooker, especially, like you said, if Chandler can uh, get some – if he can get that right hand in and Hooker is shook a little bit, can he – can he rebound in a, in a quick manner um, and, and not let Michael Chandler gain that momentum? I don't know. Like I, I, as a fan, I'd love to see Michael Chandler walk into the UFC octagon, pick up a big win and solidify himself as a threat in the lightweight division. Uh, but again, Dan Hooker has a lot more to lose in this fight. I think he's going to be a little bit more motivated. I don't know what your thoughts are on about it though. Who do
0: you, if you had to pick a winner, who you take him?
1: I'm, I'm taking Michael Chandler. I think okay. Chandler wants to come in here and prove that again, he's not just all the hype. Like he, he can make it in the UFC.
0: All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the opposite side here. I'm going Dan Hooker. Um, now don't get me wrong. I definitely think there is a pathway for Michael Chandler to win and I would like to see him win, but I think Dan Hooker is pretty, uh, legit and, and elite. And, um, I think just stylistically, he's going to win. I don't think Chandler's going to look bad at all. I think he's going to look good, and this fight really won't hurt him too much. Even if he looks good, I bet he gets a ranking after this fight, If even with a loss. But win, you know, he'll take Dan Hooker's spot, Hooker should only move down one to number seven. So, you know, for both fighters, honestly, um, obviously less, less risk for Michael Chandler, but uh, this fight, will put both fighters in a good spot moving forward with a win and for a loss it's a it's a little bit of a setback but uh you know for michael chandler just coming into the ufc he could still rebound and for dan hooker being a young guy a uh, tough fighter i think he could rebound as well so it's going to be fun to see and i i hope this is the fight of the night
1: it very well could be, you know, everybody's eyes again are on McGregor Poirier, but again, if McGregor comes in, shuts him out, and it would be very entertaining to see. That's why people are, are tuning in on Saturday night for UFC 257. Uh, I Again, a loss for either one of these fighters, again, like you said, isn't quite a nail in the coffin for either Dan Hooker or Michael Chandler. Chandler loses. Okay, it's his first fight in the UFC. We'd love to see him again very soon. Dan Hooker loses, however. He does get pegged down a little bit. Again, he would lose that number six spot uh, when it comes to you know climbing that ladder to contend for a lightweight championship down the line. Um, again, I, I hope it is the fight of the night, Mike. I think, I think that this one's going to be very good, especially since you're going with Hooker, I'm going with Chandler. Uh, we always uh, we're, we're betting men here on this podcast uh so again we have connor and dustin we got dan and michael uh do you like anything else on this main card is there anything else uh worth noting when it comes to uh you know the women's bantam weight division or or when it comes to the favola fight
0: yeah actually um you know really the whole main card should be pretty entertaining um you know we can uh we could go you know, to the next fight uh, between Jessica I and Joanne Calderwood. Jessica I, coming off of a loss. Um, you know, she is a skilled fighter, and last time you know, you could credit her loss to a little bit of a weight loss uh, issue, you know, not coming in on weight. Um, Calderwood is also coming off of a loss as well you know, this should be an interesting fight, and this is a little bit of a toss-up, but Jessica I, being the underdog, I think she has a little bit of value in her, Um, and, you know, it's a tough fight. It's quite evenly matched up, to be honest with you. Um, You know, height and reach uh, and stance, you know, style a little bit as well. Um, I'm gonna pick I just because I do like taking the underdog when there is a good chance to, and I think she has a little bit of a point to prove. You know, she she was successful with uh, coming in a little bit lighter. She wants to prove she's good with making the weight. And, um, you know, obviously she still needs to make weight tomorrow, but I think she has a little bit of a chip on her shoulder coming into this fight, and I'm going to take Jessica Hyde.
1: See, I don't think it's much of a, uh, underg- or underdog scenario here. Because, again, like you said, it's very evenly matched, number six versus number seven. Uh, you know... Je- Jessica I, I, I take her too. Again, like she's got that evil demeanor uh, kind of inside her when it comes to her striking ability and, and able to get her competitor on the ground. I, it's going to be a close fight. I see this one going to decision, but I'll, I'll take Jessica I alongside you again. Like, I don't, I don't see her, you know, as quite the underdog in this fight. Uh, given that she's higher ranked, again, by one against uh, Calderwood here. But I think Jessica I, uh, she's got her eye on the prize. I think she's going to be able to take this one. Again, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be by decision.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I do think that this fight uh, should go to the decision as well. And I also is obviously defending her ranking at number six to Calderwood, who is number seven. Um, And when I do talk about being an underdog, I just talk about – you know, the betting odds, she is, um, an underdog to the betting odds. And, uh, you know, taking a look at those more than I used to, um, I do like to take the underdog when I can, uh, that was just, you know, some explanation of what I mean by underdog, but I, to your credit, this fight is very, very close. And, you know, when you look at the UFC, when they do their red corner, blue corner, when that, you know, it is the favorite. Jessica I probably will be in the red corner due to the fact that she is a higher rank and she should be, you know, the favorite in this fight uh, compared to Joanne Calderwood, but just betting odds, you know, I just have been in the, the, um, the groove of, of going that way. What do you think but the-, the next? Yeah. I was just about to say, you know, in this lightweight fight, uh, before that fight between I and Calderwood, Matt uh, Favola versus Atman Azatar. This should be a great Favola fight.
1: Favola. That's probably the best nickname we've heard since he's yeah. doing these.
0: Yeah, this this though, Jack, should be a good fight. You know, I see it going two, one of two ways. Um, if Favola could drag this out and survive the power of Azatar, it's going to be a fun fight. Azatar is, you know he's a KO monster KO monster. Um, he's 13 and O he has 10 wins by TKO or KO. Um, he's on a five TKO or knockout streak right now. And he's two and O in, in the UFC. I forget if it was his last fight or the fight before, but he knocked the guy out so unconscious that the guy's legs were shaking. I mean, the guy has freakish power. Um, so, you know, I see it either going as a tar knockout or, Favola maybe being able to test the limits of Azatar and bringing it to decision. And, you know, he really needs to create this to be, you know, a war. Um, if he's going to win this, you know, maybe he could pull something off at the ground. You know, we'll see Azatar's ground game. Uh, but if I have to pick, I'm going to go Azatar by, by uh
1: knockout. I mean, I love Azatar too. Like you said, he's a knockout machine, a monster in a sense. He's undefeated uh Frivola, he's a steam but at the same time this is probably his biggest challenge yet in in For sure. here uh yeah, i'm taking the bulldozer as well if i'm a betting man which kind of leads us to again this is going to be the first fight on the pay-per-view marina rodriguez going up against the number 10th ranked amanda ribas this one is very evenly matched as well again the all of these fights are so evenly matched. It's going to be tough for Vegas. I think people are either going to make a lot of money or lose a lot of money this weekend on, on Saturday night.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a big fight, and you know, the odds are spread out a little bit in this fight. Um, and you know, certain reason being, I mean, but this is another one of those fights where uh, you know, Rodriguez is number eight, Reba is number ten, but uh rebus is the heavier favorite betting wise um you know we haven't seen rebus fight since ufc 251 and where she defeated uh Paige van sant and you know we both picked against Paige van sant and went that with we amanda did. rebus did, yep uh, and uh, amanda rebus picked up a beautiful submission win that fight uh i really really like amanda rebus so far in her career with the ufc you know she's four and oh in the ufc 10-1. She's a great fighter overall, but, you know, her her, her past, uh, well, some of her big wins in the... ...who is actually a very, very great fighter on the ground and has a good try and is coming up. Um, Amanda Rivas is very good, and I see her co- to continue climbing uh, this division. You know, Rodriguez coming off of a loss to Carla Esparza, a very good fighter, but uh, kind of, you know, put her into that Losing category for the last fight, um, she does have five uh, TKO slash KOs and one submission under her belt. I think this is going to be a fun fight. I think it should be a good fight, but uh, I, I I just really like Amanda Rivas, and I think she has the better ground game and I think her striking is good and it'll you know she's should be able to win this fight and um, I don't know that she'll finish Rodriguez. Because uh, Rodriguez is tough, but I'm going
1: to take Amanda Rebos all day in this fight. I I also see this one going uh, the distance, but I like Rebos too, just because Marina was kind of shook in her last fight, you know, given that it was her first loss of her career at that point. She was 12 0 2 at that point. It picks up her first loss and we've seen it in the past, whether it was Holly Holm or especially Ronda Rousey, you know, uh, your first loss ever competing at such a high level. It definitely shakes you. It doesn't really matter who you are. We've seen it with Conor McGregor. Uh, He's handled it a lot better than most people, but, you know, it, it still shakes people. So I think Amanda Rivas has a lot more momentum going into this fight where Marina's trying to, again, pick up the bones, pick up the scraps here, trying to pull all together. It's going to be close, but I like Amanda Rivas as well. And, again, this is UFC 257, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier in the main event. Just to wrap up, Mike, you know, like, given that this is a big Big fight, uh, at least on the promotional side between these two. Probably more monumental for Conor McGregor as he looks to make this the year of McGregor uh, starting now in January. If he wins, he's again in lightweight title contention and he could very well, you know, fight more than two, three, four times this year if he's able to stay healthy and walk away from this fight without any injuries.
0: Yeah, this fight, this main event, you know, although it's not a title fight, it's as big as one, and this is a number one contender's fight, you know. Um, The winner should be the number one ranked fighter in the division after this, and the loser, if it is close, should be number two. Um, It's just my opinion. It's big, you know, and it's always big when it has to do with Conor, but just it being a second fight, you know, it just makes it a little bit, uh, that much bigger. And, you know, after this fight, it, it opens the division to so many other fights with the two of them. Uh, obviously, you know, we talked about Habib, but once the titles, whatever's happening, uh, the division's going to continue moving and we're going to see a, a champion crown probably relatively soon. And it's going to be with one of these two fighters. I really think that, you know, Besides Habib, these are the best two fighters in the division, and um, this is almost like a championship fight we're getting, and it's going to be great. I'm super stoked to see it. Um, Yeah, it's just who does he
1: face? Like if Connor wins this fight, or if Dustin wins this fight, who do they face? for it would be the interim title right because well let it go you gotta
0: you got to i think soon after this fight we're gonna see habib release or not you know it's gonna be one or the other habib's gonna fight or he's gonna release i i don't i think he's gonna get to the point where he's gonna be like dana i'm not holding this belt up anymore you know take it and uh or he's gonna be like all right i'm gonna fight so um you know you look at the rankings. The number one fighter, uh, ranked fighter, right now is Justin Gaethje. Now, I'm hearing rumors that they're trying. Now, this is all speculation, but they're trying to get a fight between Justin Gaethje and Nate Diaz booked. Now, that's interesting. It brings Nate into the picture. Um, I probably take Justin Gaethje in that fight, but you know, you never know what could happen. Now, if they book that fight, you kind of take Justin Gaethje out of the picture of fighting the winner of this fight. And then Dustin Poirier is ranked number two. Charles Oliveira is ranked number three. And Conor is ranked number four. Um, I think the next guy is Charles Oliveira, who's a very scary fighter. um, And probably the worst matchup for both of Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier, um, besides McGregor for Poirier. but. Besides that, there's really no one else. You know, you got Tony Ferguson at number five. He needs a comeback fight, not a top-notch fight. And uh, then it's Dan Hooker at number six who's facing Chandler. So we'll see. You know, maybe you could make the winner face Chandler if Chandler wins. Um, Or if Dan Hooker wins in spectacular fashion, you could make the winner fight the winner of each fight. But we got to see. We got to see the outcomes of these fights. You know, it's now just... Let's wait and see. You know,
1: I mean, so, um, those three names they mentioned. Like, that's a great consolation fight for Justin Geechee to go up against Nate Diaz if they can make that fight happen. That that is a fight dream, uh, uh fight right there for a fight fan. You know, and then you also have you entertain the idea of Charles Oliveira again. As a fight fan, that is that is a very intriguing matchup if McGregor can pull away. I mean, those two striking, both of their striking abilities are insanely impressive in their own right. I mean, McGregor versus Oliveira would be very intriguing down the road. Again, in, in the fight fan perspective, I don't know about from a mainstream uh, perspective. Again, Conor McGregor is the face of the UFC on a mainstream level. Whoever he fights is a big fight. We're seeing it right now with Dustin Poirier. So it should be a lot of fun. But it is UFC 257 this Saturday night in Vegas. McGregor, Poirier. We got Hooker. We got uh, just an incredible card uh, coming up. We got the debut of Michael Chandler in the UFC. It's going to be a lot of fun, Mike.
0: Yeah, and you think about it. If uh, Nate Diaz does somehow beat Justin Gaethje, you could see McGregor versus Nate Diaz for the undisputed lightweight lightweight uh, championship that if being Habib does release the championship. But all we'll have to wait and see UFC 257 this weekend, Jack. I'm stoked. I know you are as well. That was episode 37. Thank you guys for tuning in.